chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire now streaming on Paramount Plus. All right, what's going on? Good Monday morning. Welcome to Kinnell and Bell. Danny Kinnell and Rajah Bell with you. A ton of stuff that we have to get to. College football. Tua goes down for Bama. What does it mean to their championship hopes? His playoff, uh, you know, uh, Heisman aspirations. What does that mean? NFL. I really wanted to lead the show with this, but uh, Joey over overrode me. Like he said, no. Kirk Cousins for MVP. <laughs> Don't think it's too crazy. We're going to do that a little bit later in the show. It is worthy of discussion. It is well, not hyperbole. And uh, Tom Brady is upset at the media for misportraying him. We'll dive into that as well. I think he's crazy, and it has nothing to do with football. Um, but first, we go, how was your weekend, man? It was good. It's a good weekend, man. You were yeah. hanging out with your boy Steve Nash. I saw you guys hanging on Instagram. Yeah, we had. Uh, I haven't seen him in a while. It was good, man. He's got two young kids, and uh, my boys haven't seen him in a while. So we, we had a good time. That was fun. Yeah. Look like guys. We got to get him in studio. Oh, uh, he's gone now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> look at that. We got to get him in here. I'm looking out for the podcast. Got a little rating bump. <laughs> I had to get him in. That was pretty cool. Uh, it was good seeing you guys get to hang. Um, busy weekend for me. I don't know about you. When I watch Sunday night football, mm-hmm. I am rooting for exactly what happened last night. Uh, 24 seven at the half. Yep. I'm like night, night shut at it, half. Shut time. it down. Cause I don't, I, I am gassed by Sunday night. So it starts Thursday night. Friday, right. Saturday, all day, you know, till late. Sunday, all day in front of the TV. I'm just like, please, can somebody win this game? Of course, Dallas. That's mm. what they did. They handled it. There's always the chance there's some sort of comeback, but I'm like, I'll DVR it. Right, if correct. something I really need to get caught up on, I'll do that. But uh, that was not the case as the Cowboys get it done in a must-win situation for them. Jason Garrett, I saw him before the game. He looks pretty calm. And relaxed, like he was doing a little press, you know, talking to Michelle yeah. Tafoya. And he's like, hey, we, I just hold the guys. We've got to do our business. I guess I'd feel pretty relaxed, too, if I had the backing of Jerry Jones for the gonna, past decade. I say, you've proven to be a 500 <laughs> coach, and Jerry is good with that. Like, you probably shouldn't be panicking now, right? Right. Um, Doug Peterson, in earlier in this week, took a little bit of heat. I think it's stupid. Like, for him, he said on a local radio show in Philadelphia, we're going to go out to Dallas, and we're going to win the game. Right. Then he tried to walk it back, and he said, hey, Jason Garrett's telling his team. I don't think it had anything to do with the outcome of the victory. I do. You do? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I do. So I, why? You think the Cowboys used that as fire? I as do. As if believe. three losses in a row well, wasn't enough? I think three losses in a row should have been plenty, <laughs> but that didn't hurt their motivation, the Cowboys, that is. Like, you you heard some of those guys, you know, reference it and, and, and have, you know, answer questions about it after the game. It was something that was clearly, you know, on their mind. Um I said last week, my only beef with it from Doug Peterson's perspective was like, don't walk it back. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, right. back there backtracking and apologizing. You said what you said. It wasn't like it was a stamp. We're going to, you know, you kind of said it in pass and I'm not walking it back. Plus, if I'm confident, 
Like, I want my team to feel like that. You know what I mean? Like, in a machismo, bravo-driven, like, sport like that, uh, I'm not walking that back. I don't want my team feeling like I don't believe that necessarily or I'm apologizing for saying it. I would give you that. I would say if you're going to say it in the first place, go out there and own it. Your team probably responds more to a guarantee Correct. than anything. And if anything, I think it takes some of the pressure off your team. Because you know if you lose after the game, they're going to come after the person who made the guarantee, True. which is a genius move that Jim Fossil made for the Giants a long time ago. They were in the he's like they were kind of in a rough patch. He's like, I guarantee you we're going to make the playoffs. And they did. Yeah. You know, like so you got to, you, sometimes your team can appreciate that uh when you get after it. So we'll have to see if the Cowboys can keep this thing rolling. The NFL has been really hard to figure out. Like who the best team is. We assume it's the Patriots, but right. if you look at their schedule, it hasn't been exactly that great. Their defense is awesome, but they haven't really shut down anybody that's of note. Brady looks the same as always when I say, hey, he's still the GOAT, but it, the numbers quite haven't been the same. Um, So when you look around the league, I think everybody's just jockeying for position right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody who's in there that we shouldn't be surprised at at all is Aaron Rodgers. Who, a run? A, a Ron is oh. out there against the Raiders putting up historic numbers for him, uh, and the Packers. It was his first career game, which I found this hard to believe. It was the first Packers quarterback in the Super Bowl era with a perfect passer rating in a game. It was his first career game with five touchdown passes and a rush TD. Uh, the first quarterback to do that since 91, Mark Rippon. And the third player in the Super Bowl era, there's a bunch of numbers, historically speaking, where it stacked up Aaron Rodgers against everybody else. Um, he's special. Like, we get it. But I was wondering, I was starting to look at Aaron Rodgers a little bit differently the last couple of years, saying, I like, we talk about Brady. I wonder if he's lost a step. I was wondering the same thing about Aaron Rodgers, and he just showed why, hey, wait a second, I still got a lot left in the tank. Yeah, I mean... Here's the question for me, because the great ones can always summon a game like that. Even when MJ was in his late 30s, I think he took Kobe's last game. Yeah, they can still summon that kind of performance once in a while. The question is whether that can be the the the, the regular. Now he's not going to throw five touchdowns every week, but it, it, are you going to be brilliant? You know, just about every week. Is there consistency there with the brilliance? I, I too think that Aaron Rodgers still has it. Um, I, I, him not showing it, and the numbers not supporting it, I think are more of a product of. You know, what was going on with McCarthy before with the last yep. couple of years and a lack of weapons uh, and then trying to get, you know, acclimated and 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 find, you know, uh, some common ground with with LaFleur. Right. And and trying to figure out what that offense was going to look like um, and learning it uh, for MVP. Right. Mm-hmm. Or let's scratch that for me to consider Green Bay, because I think this is where you're going there. Yeah. You're talking about this thing. He has to play like that. The Green Bay that was winning games earlier in the year. I felt like their defense was all right, but I had my concerns about, you know, whether that offense, not Aaron Rodgers, but the offense was going to be high powered enough, um, to win in the NFL. Cause ultimately you're going to have to win in some shootouts. They're going to be teams you got to beat in shootouts. If it's open like it was yesterday and Aaron's playing like that and you and your, your offensive coordinator or your OC are on the same page and you're getting the best out of Aaron Rodgers and a defense. Yep. I do believe they can be a very, very dangerous championship level type of team. It's a quarterback driven league. You have to get great quarterback play if you want to win Super Bowls. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just the bottom line. It's just the way it is. And I know you can give me examples of, you know, Trent Dilfer. Yeah, Peyton those Manning were, late. Those were, and even the, the Peyton Manning Broncos team, right. that was a kind of generational type of defense with Vaughn Miller. The Ravens had, you know, when Trent Dilfer it was Ray Lewis and all these studs yeah. on the defensive side of the ball. They were historically great. 
unless you have that, which the only team really I would put there would be the Bears, and they're not, they're getting below average quarterback play. You've got to have somebody who can deliver. And that's what Aaron Rodgers does. When he shows you that, he is special. If you ask anybody around the league or any coach, any evaluator, who is the most naturally gifted quarterback? Patrick Mahomes is in that conversation for sure, but for a long time, for a decade, it's been Aaron Rodgers. Is there beef with Aaron Rodgers? Not not like a real beef, like he wouldn't talk about. <laughs> but do you think he sits back and hears the Patrick Mahomes conversation now, and he's like, wait a minute, don't forget yours truly. Yeah, like, he's, I, I like, mean, hey. Like, he's, and everyone could get jealous, right? Yes. Oh, I absolutely think right? he is. And don't forget, he's a guy who was overlooked in the draft, who sat in that green room famously and was dropping and was embarrassed and has had that chip yeah. on his shoulder the whole time. I think there's a part of him that's saying, hold on, like, wait a second. Yeah. Um, I think he would acknowledge that Patrick Holmes is insanely talented. That's okay. But I think he's saying, you know what? I'm pretty damn good too. <laughs> uh, you actually. mentioned the, the Matt LaFleur hire. It was not pretty the last four or five years the relationship that he had with Mike McCarthy. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine like how that could have even gotten him any success. And yet he still maintained that level of play. And he's been hurt and they've had their issues, but you can almost see he's just like reinvigorated and he feels fresh and there's something new. And I would argue maybe it wasn't even something relational relationally. It was more, he wanted new plays. He wanted to stress himself and learn a new system and be put in new positions because Guys like him, they're freakishly talented. They have this high IQ. They are always wanting to push themselves. And I think he, I don't think he was felt pushed by Mike McCarthy. I thought he was getting a little bit bored, was improvising too much where he wanted to use his brain more. And he's getting to do that now. Yeah. And he's still crazy good when he starts flushing and scrambling, which you see on display. But I think he wanted to have a new, uh, scheme and a new strategy. I'm not mad at that. And you're right. The really good ones, the really brilliant people always want to be challenged and pushed. And, and so I think to some degree, there was some of that at, at play. I also believe that he looked around and he saw all these offenses scheming up people yes. wide open. And he's like, if you're not going to give me number ones all the time, like at least give me an offense that can get the number twos and number threes open. So there's a little jelly again. Like, yeah. oh, give me somebody yeah, innovative exactly. and fresh, please. And what's crazy is he, he did this game yesterday without Devontae Adams, their leading receiver. They moved to six and one, top of their division, uh, in the NFC and the AFC. Uh, as you look at their wide receivers, just real quick, um, for the guys that he's throwing to, Geronimo Allison had five, um, targets in that game. He had four catches, but you're getting the most out of some guys. I won't say pedestrian, but they're not stars. Yeah, they're not your number. And he's one, right? able to have the perfect quarterback rating and have a game like that. I think that speaks to the quarterback making the receivers better. We talk about right? it all the time. Yeah. Right? Are you going to make them better or are you going to give me the, uh, an excuse because you didn't have your best guys and that's why you couldn't get it done? Right. right? Exactly. It separates quarterbacks. And that's why he's one of the best of our time. So they're sitting at the top of their division. You know, sitting at the top of their division in the AFC. Uh, is the Baltimore Ravens coming in? The trendy pick was the Cleveland Browns in the AFC North. Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers were another team that people thought maybe they could make a run. Ben Roethlisberger gets hurt, derails that one. And my man Lamar Jackson <laughs> is shredding the NFL. He really is just shredding, like he not with his arm, not with his arm. He is toying with dudes. He's like he's like the guy in Pee Wee football who's kind of a year older or looks like more mature <laughs> right, right, and he's right. just toying with guys like juking them and stiff arm them. He's making NFL defenders look that silly with the way he's running the football. I have two concerns for Lamar Jackson. I love him. I think he can, I think they can win a Super Bowl, Lamar Jackson. One is health. Like he's got to stay healthy. Now, even when you watch him run and he goes off and he has another hundred yard plus uh rushing game, 
he does have a knack of sort of avoiding the big hit. Mm-hmm. All it takes is one. Right. You know, and he's so elusive and he's juking around and he's all it takes is that one defender to kind of time it up or somebody falls on him the wrong way. You know, like we saw Mahomes happen. Yeah. So that's a concern for me. I, I'm worried about the, the the number of hits that he's having to take. And then the other thing is passing. Those numbers were bad. I mean, the weather was an issue, but I still think he needs to, like we saw the first couple games, I want to see him get back to that. Yeah. You know, like where they're vertically, they're challenging a little bit more and just a little bit more accurate. I think he's got it in him, but I just want to see that development uh, continue so they're not so reliant on the run game. Yeah, they're stuck in the same kind of spot I felt like they were last year. They're back to that where dropping back and developing him as a quarterback throwing the ball is scary. Right. In terms of whether or not we win this game, right? You're looking at it and you're like, he probably can win it. Right. Um, But we might lose it. But if you know you just say, all right, scrap it, dude. If you don't like what you see, run it. You know you're going to win that game. Right. So sometimes you'll sacrifice that development, you know, even organizationally. Yeah. For, for a sure thing, that's going to be a win. When it breaks down, pull it down. Let's go. We'll have over a hundred and some yards. You're going to set records and we're going to win. That's, sh- that's short term though. You know, like mm-hmm. that, that, that works for a while. And history, you know, in the NBA, in the NFL is that, you know, it's going to be a shorter shelf life on that. So. They have to find the balance. They have to find those games. Maybe it's game by game, Danny. Maybe it's against better teams. Um, you know, look, we're gonna we're gonna let the leash off, and you know, you got full autonomy to pull that thing down and go get a hundred and some yards. You know, we need to win these games, and then against teams that that you feel like you should have in hand, like you you really make an effort to to game plan for him to stay in the pocket and go through his progressions and make the reads because you have to develop him. He should be able to throw the ball. Uh, effectively in the NFL, but if if he's always going to be able to default to just pulling it down and running, while it's electrifying and I love it and I'm a right. fan, he's got to develop. So yep. you guys got to figure out, you know, a nice middle and they ground. Have, and they've, I think they last year it was blatantly obvious, like they did not want to throw. They the were actually ball. running him more yes. last year, and yes. now this year, I think you've seen a little bit of that development. But I want to see it continue to progress for sure. And I and I'm, Crazy maybe thing. it's next year though. Like maybe right. this year, this is the recipe, right? Right. And you win with that, and then you have a whole nother summer of 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 good growth. And yep. then next year, we're we're at a point where like we're all like, okay, you know, we we're where we want to be. And what's scary is he didn't pass the ball that great, and they got a dominant win over the Seahawks. So I think are a really good team. Yeah. Uh, going on the road, being able to do that is really impressive. And Marcus Peters, uh, by the way, who was a part of that trade uh, with um, the Rams this past week. Gets his pick six in his first game uh, with the Ravens. So that was pretty cool to see Lam- that happen. Lamar Jackson, not sorry, is – so I watch Patrick Mahomes. Uh-huh. Um, I tune in to watch Lamar Jackson. Right. I turn Oh, yeah, on. he's must-watch TV. He's must-watch. I, I turn it on to watch that. I feel like I got to pound my chest a little bit. Yeah. I've been telling people he's a better runner than Michael Vick. And still, there's a lot of course. We got to see if he stays healthy. Danny. He's, can, bro. He's got the speed. He's got the explosiveness. He's toying with people the same way Mike Vick did. He's, he's, he's insane. It's nasty. He yeah. is. I mean, he looks like he's a man playing a. Uh, a he needs player. to. You know what he does? Get, get with Russell Wilson. Do NFL guys do this? Oh yeah. Like NBA guys, get with Russell Wilson in the off season. Yep. And, Russ and trains out in L.A. He should go out and meet with him. Meet with him a week or and two then with him. Get your slide down. Yeah. Like, talk to him about like yeah. you know situationally like yes. when you know what I mean. Just protect exactly. yourself, bro, because it's think, fun to watch. So here's without question though, Russell Wilson is a better passer, more accurate. Right. So Russ has that in his back pocket, and maybe it's a confidence thing. Maybe Lamar just needs to start trusting his his arm to do things that yeah. maybe maybe he has a second split second he's like i gotta run it yeah and he can trust himself to maybe make yeah. that throw joey what's up yeah i was glad that you brought up uh mike vick because maybe it's just me and you talked about the injuries and all it takes is one but 
for some reason, I remember watching Mike Vick, and every time he took off, I was worried he was going to get hurt. When I watched Lamar Jackson, I don't worry as much. Is, really? I don't know. Maybe it's is there something about the way he's built, or the way he runs, or the way he protects himself that's different as a runner that makes him better? Because maybe it's, or it could just totally be me, but I don't. Con- I don't get as worried as I used to. When I watched Mike Vick, I was always like, this guy's getting hurt every time. <laughs> right. I don't know. I, I think he does have a knack. Vick was pretty explosive. Maybe I just didn't like, I don't know. I think I both, anytime I see him I and mean, there is a history, a long history that this type of quarterback play is not sustainable. Right. Whether it's RG three, um, w- whether it's Andrew Luck who ran around a lot, right. you know, and ended up Cam Newton, you can't survive at this level rushing this many times you can rush and like russell wilson's a good example yeah. but not this much russ gets down you know what i think it is though like receivers when do you see receivers take big big hits yeah not a lot they don't you know, when they're unless laid they're out laid out, out. The middle. right yeah, yeah but they're so fast and they're so elusive that like they're getting to the spot before the hits getting there right i feel like that's lamar jackson like i hope he's so, so damn fast that He's getting to where he needs to go. He's not taking massive crunching blows. Like, like even Andrew Luck and Cam Newton, like big, great runners, but they're not like electrifyingly fast. This cat is like so fast. He's right out of harm's way. And those guys, you, and I would put Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz runs too much. But if you ever watch him play, he gets hit hard. It's like, like clunky. He, like, he doesn't have a way to avoid it. Right. And that's where I would say Lamar Jackson just maybe it's because he's been playing that way his whole life. No. He knows how to do it. It's sort of the sixth sense that he's got. And I would just say, keep that sixth sense alive. <laughs> Don't get hit because uh, it's too much fun watching him play. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. All right, welcome back to Kennell and Bell. So I was watching football, uh, college football Saturday, and I had the same feeling that I had when I was watching the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes goes down in a heap. Uh, watching Alabama play Tennessee, it was a pretty good game. Like Tennessee was putting up a pretty good fight. And all of a sudden I see Tua running over the left. I see a heap of bodies and I see one staying down. I'm like, oh man, I thought it was going to be like a turf toe type yeah. deal. Just the way he got crumpled up. He comes off the field. And he's walking off, so I'm like, okay, maybe this isn't too bad. Like, you see the way he gets wrapped up at the bottom? Like, that type of deal. They There's the inside, though, that one there. I was hoping it would be turf, too. I thought that might have been the better of the two. But I think the good news, you know, you see ankle surgery, and it's like, oh, man, that's devastating. But it is a surgery that he had the exact same procedure last year after the SEC championship game, which was three weeks before the playoff. He came back, played in the playoff. He didn't look good. No, in the playoff? No, he didn't look great. That's why, that's why I do think this is going to have ramifications. One for his Heisman Trophy, uh, you know, campaign. That's, that's gone. I think so too. 
I don't know. His numbers, he could sit out a week. So they have a they have a game against Arkansas, which would have been a stack game. Then they get a bye week, and then they have LSU. So it's three okay. three weeks. Um, I think if he plays great in that game, he could come back in there. My, my question is kind of what you were alluding to, like how much does this hurt him? It is surgery. And I know that you know Alabama's downplaying it somewhat, saying, hey, he's going to be fine. He had this before. But Tua is a player who has not been the same when he's either injured oh, no, or no. he's under a lot of duress, yeah. which he's going to probably be in both of those circumstances because I don't care what happens. I don't think he's going to be 100%, and there's the mental aspect of it. You're going to be thinking about it. Like, it just it takes its toll, and this would be anybody. This isn't a knock against Tua. No, right. I just worry about the, that. what it could mean to his game as they come down to the most meaningful stretch of their schedule. I think you you have a uh, good reason to be concerned. If, if Jalen and Joe Burrows keep pace and continue to throw up silly numbers – and he's missing what two games? You said no. So he's missing, so missing one, one game, and then, then a bye, bye week, and then he faces but he's Joe Burrow. Eyes against Joe Burrow, possibly. Right. If he doesn't perform well, then the Heisman's. There's we're we're not we're talking about. I, I believe those chances could be gone. But yeah. I'm with you. And my question for you is ankle sprains. Like, you, I can't remember someone going under the knife for a high ankle sprain as quickly as 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 Tua, Tua did it last year, and he's turning around and doing it again. Saquon Barkley just had an ankle, a high ankle sprain. He didn't go under, he didn't have surgery. I gotta, I, you know, it's funny. We've talked a lot about injuries and I was calling my dad last week. He didn't want to come on. I got to call my dad back and find out what this, it's called like a tightrope procedure. So I don't know if it's very like not, it's minimal. It does sound, it's a newer procedure right. that I don't think has been done a lot. And I, cause I'm with you. I, I played with a zillion guys at an ankle sprain. You just sit them out, you ice, you right. rehab. You don't do surgery on an ankle. I don't, maybe they're ahead of the game because I also remember guys sitting out longer than three weeks. You know, they were out sprains, four yes. to six, yeah. you know, so maybe this is something where they've sped it up, but it's kind of just makes me cringe a little bit. I'm like, man, what does this mean? It is his other ankle. So now you had both ankles, uh, you know, that have surgery on it. I wonder about what this is doing to him long-term. And if I'm an NFL team as a player who's been banged up, he had a knee last year and an ankle. Now another ankle this year, it just makes me nervous that can his body handle the grind of a physical sport? Listen, Holmes, all this goes on your record. Yeah. Every time you go up under that knife, when they look at that medical <laughs> packet that they get to draft you, it's an extra surgery that you've had. Right. Um, now this could be, if this is cutting edge stuff and it winds up that every NFL or NBA player in the next, is starting to do is it, starting to get a little minor surgery once they, once they get a high ankle sprain, then I am completely wrong and I will apologize. But into his position, I'm not that quick to go under the knife with a high ankle sprain. I'm just, right. I'm not. I'm, listen, we'll ride this out. Saquon was back in what three weeks? Mm-hmm. Like, and I and I get that if you lose to LSU, but if you come back and you win the, uh, you could be out of the national championship picture for a minute. But if you come back and you win the SEC, right, you're getting in anyway, right? Yep. Like the conversation, and I don't know what kind of conversation he, his family, Nick Saban, and the medical team had there, but it's not going to be as simple as, hey, we're going to cut you open again, right? You know what else I've never seen is a guy go to the hospital in an ambulance after an ankle sprain. That's what happened. During the game, they had cameras back like in the tunnel after, and they show this ambulance leaving the stadium. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I'm like, that's that's not normal. That's, not I, that's right. what I thought it was like something way more serious. Um, To your point about the NFL aspect too, when I was at the Combine, and I'm sure you've seen this, any team you have a physical with, like they have your full medical history, they're going to they're gonna ask you. And you know what I did? I was like, yeah, I sprained my ankle. No big deal. And they're like, okay, but yeah. if you say I had a surgery on something, they're gonna be like, let me get the MRI, let me let me get an extra MRI, let me see this, and maybe it's minor. According to uh, the doctor that did the procedure, 
This is really uh, technical jargon. What we do is we drill a hole from the fibula into the tibia and cast these tight ropes through the bone and cinch it down and tighten it. What these tight ropes do or stabilize the ankle, it holds that little bone in its home. It holds it still and stable enough that the bones don't want to spread apart. Because that's, I mean, that's the that you're spraining the tissue or the ligaments in between those two bones, right? Right. So I I understand like locking them down with little like tight ropes in there. You're yeah. Basically sewing the bones together. Right. Dog, you're getting holes drilled <laughs> right. in your fibula right. and tibia. Right. Like, like you know what I mean? Like when you're young, you don't even think about that. You're like. I mean, how many times before a game are you like, do it, shoot me up, let's right, go, let's right, rock. Right, I do feel like he has a team around him, like his parents, uh, they moved to Tuscaloosa. I do think Saban and them, I, I'm sure this is not something they did lightly. And I wonder, too, he had this procedure on the other one. The other one must have went great or else there's no chance you're doing it again. So maybe he felt like it made him better. Might, I don't know. It would maybe, make me nervous, maybe, too, though. Is, is this going to prevent me from ever getting a high ankle sprain again? Right. That's what I would ask. Right? Yeah. Okay, that, do right. it. Let's go. Yeah. Um, sophomore Mac Jones came into the game, was a little bit iffy, yeah. uh, in the game, but hey, he's only had 45 career pass attempts by the second half later in the game. He looked a little bit more comfortable. Arkansas, he could throw left-handed and they probably don't need him. Yeah. Uh, but Those, against LSU, like they bet they need Tua back or that's going to be a really and critical game. And they're going to need a, they're going to need a, a good Tua. They're not going to, right. It's going to need yeah, to be their, average or better. Their defense, Alabama's defense is not as dominant in the past. They're going to get points scored on them from LSU. So to your point, they're going to need to, uh, um, this AP top 25 poll is going to just tick me off That'd every single crazy. week. So Clemson, the past two weeks, they blow out Florida State. They blow out Louisville. Mm. In each of those weeks, they dropped after a blowout, which to me makes zero sense whatsoever. I get it. If you want to say, Hey, you know what? Somebody else has to be deserving. You know, I, I wouldn't even make the case for Alabama. I think if you're going to have another team ahead of Clemson, it would be either Ohio State or LSU. Their resumes are better. If you want to make the resume article, but Alabama has not been as great as they have been historically great, and neither has Clemson. But if that's your knock against Clemson, then why do you have Bama as the number one team? I'm with you, especially in light of the fact that Alabama didn't look great against Tennessee. No. I watched the end. That was more of a... Did you see the quarter? So the quarterback before half for Tennessee had a a quarterback that was... It was called... We're not sure what it was called because there's some uh, contention. His coach was not happy at him with him at all. Jared Guarantano is on like the one yard line, takes a quarterback sneak, tries to reach it over. Ball comes out. Bama takes it a hundred yards the other way for a touchdown. Yeah. It's like a 14 point swing. If they punch that in there, it's like a completely different outcome. It would have touched, uh, cut the lead to eight. I mean, it was a pretty good, and right. Tennessee's not very good. Um, and they're without Tua. Exactly. So, like, if you're, I mean, again, if you're going to be dropping Clemson for, right. like, I, I'm with you on that. I'm yeah, it, it drives me nuts when you look at this, uh, when you look at the, uh, the top 25. And I get it. If you want to tell me, hey, Clemson isn't playing that great, I don't see it either. I just have a philosophy. You should keep the number one team, the defending national champ, the number one team this year. Trevor Lawrence struggled again. They were only up three nothing in the first quarter, but they're still, they're like 10th in the country in total yards. Their defense is better than we thought they were going to be. Um, it's just, it's just very frustrating to me, but you know what? Dabo Sweeney probably likes it because he can use this to tick off, like yeah, coaches team hard. Hey, yeah. you guys, you got to play better. We need to go out there and let's play ticked off because they have been a little bit complacent. They haven't had that sense of urgency when they're out there. Um, so I actually have them won, but if I picked them against Ohio State, I probably would say Ohio State would win mm-hmm. the way both teams are playing right now. Okay. Ohio State is a team on a mission. Um, and they are playing like they have blown out every single opponent on their schedule. Oklahoma, I moved up over Alabama. Jalen Hurts 
may not be Kyler or Baker Mayfield in the past game, but their team might be the best team they've had in the last three years. Mm. And it's because of – it's a combination thing. One, Lincoln Riley is maximizing Jalen Hurts every ability. Like running him, he's over 100 yards again. He had 75 yards rushing, but two rushing touchdowns. But their defense is the best defense they've had. So I think they might be a better team where they're a little bit too one-dimensional in years past. Right. And then I have Bama there and then LSU, another blowout win with the uh, 2019 Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow at the helm. Then Penn State, (laughs) that's my guy. And then Penn State was really uh, impressive in their win over the weekend as well. So I think Penn State's going to have – they might be the team that's going to give Ohio State a challenge because it doesn't look like anybody else is, and we'll find that out before long. Welcome back to Canel and Bell on this Monday. Before you read an update about Drew Brees' thumb and uh-huh. how he's, you know, ahead of schedule, he's ready to come back. Yeah. So they play the Cardinals this upcoming week, right? Let me just double check the Cardinals. They play the Cardinals this upcoming week mm-hmm. at home, and then they have a bye week. Why would you bring him back? Why would you bring him back? They're five and zero. Oh, without him with Teddy Bridgewater who's done a fantastic job and hopefully making a bunch of money for himself I know he's a high paid backup but I think he's going to make a lot of money based on his play this year uh this year why would you bring him back I mean I I get it that you don't ever want to take for granted wins and the Cardinals are their own they're having a little win streak and they're playing pretty good but this is a a big picture like you're six and one you're way ahead of where you thought you were going to be this is where an organization has to step in medical staff um Coach may want him back, but you know, your front office staff, listen, this isn't, this isn't happening. This is a quarterback and a competitor. Um, everything we celebrate them for wanting to get out there and be with the team and, you know, thug it out through injury. Like that's what this is. And then someone has to step in and say exactly what you said. Hey, look, yeah. big picture. Yep. We right? won a Super Bowl one game yep. and then we buy ourselves a whole nother week of rest. You're not going to play, bud. Yep. Like Teddy's going to hold this down. Yeah. And it's a win-win. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'll be shocked if Breeze plays. I get that he wants to come back and you yeah, I respect it. You get a bye week though. Yeah. It's you're buying yourself a whole extra two weeks to re instead. What happens if you go out there and you land on the wrong way? Freak act. It was a freak axe in the first place. What if you have another one? Yeah. Why not make sure it's 100% healthy? Everything's good to go. So yeah. I'll be, it'll be an interesting decision they have to make. And I don't think it's really a decision. I think it's a, That's I, a no brainer thinking. Uh, from Teddy's perspective, yeah. Wow, like this has got to be conflicting too, right? Because I know you want to play that out. Oh yeah, like I know you want to keep playing. Yeah, but I would make the case, Teddy, that a six and zero sample size this year and then shut down yes. is better than if you kept playing the rest of the year and they started picking and poking holes. You lose some games. For stuff sure, goes wrong. I went six and zero. Yep, pay me every time. Nine touchdowns, two interceptions. Pay me sixty-seven percent completion percentage. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Just say. You got to strike while it's hot. That's it. Say, you might want to shut, shut a hamstring. <laughs> Let Taysom Hill go out there against the Cardinals. <laughs> they can win with him. So, and uh, he's a great dude. It's a great story too. Yeah, it for is. all that he's been through, a local guy from Miami, and with the injury that he had in Minnesota, great to see him get another opportunity without question. Another incredible story is the Indianapolis Colts, who yeah. Andrew Luck hangs it up on the uh, right before the season starts. Uh, you know, it's like, whoa, what is happening uh, with this team? All of a sudden, Jacoby Brissett takes over. And all he's done is put mm. this team in first place in their division in the AFC South. He has played great, um, including a game yesterday where they beat division rival and they beat an MVP candidate, Deshaun Watson. Sure. And he outplayed him in that game. Four touchdowns, zero picks. You know, Deshaun struggled somewhat. It was Jacoby Brissett's a good quarterback. Hey. He's, not a, he's not a game manager. He's a good quarterback. No, you're right. Not Deerfield's finest, but Palm Beach, right? Dwyer yep. High School. That's my bad. Um, 
Yeah, he is. You know, it's interesting because sometimes, and this isn't taking anything away from Jacoby because Jacoby is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes you get put in good situations where you, you might not be able to get on the field right away, i.e. playing under Tom Brady, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Takes a good quarterback, turns him into Jacoby and, and, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Not that they weren't talented to begin, but you're in a good situation to learn. There's some player development there. And the guy that you have in front of you is really a great model for yourself. And then he goes and he's behind another great – Andrew Luck. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, you're still waiting for your, your time to come. But, man, you're being prepped while you're waiting in the right way. So when your time does come – you know, you hit the bricks ready to go, you know, and he, yep. he's really playing well. I would say this is a great example of a quarterback being in a good situation, being patient, doing your work, and then capitalizing on it. Like, yep. we've seen too many guys' careers derailed because they were thrown – like, Josh Rosen's a perfect example in the last couple of years. He gets drafted first round by the Cardinals. He's on a bad team. Then he gets traded the uh, Dolphins' worst team. Like, yeah. and it's, it derails his career. Here's the Kobe Brissett, you know – Drafted to a pretty good situation in New England. He gets developed. But to, to his credit, like he took advantage of it. Yeah. And then he goes to plays behind Andrew Luck. And I think the thing I'm looking at too is he got a really good situation. And not sure. to take away credit from him, but he's get they have a good offensive line. Remember they uh they I think they led the NFL in sacks given up. They protected Andrew Luck really well. Yeah. They're doing the same thing for him. Like all of a sudden, he's out there and they just paid him before the season. They gave him a two year deal wonder if, he, if there's any part of him that's like, man, I could have been one of the highest paid if I would have done it. I don't think he's there yet, but another couple of years. I think it was a two-year deal, so he'll yeah. get paid if he keeps continuing with this level of play. Somewhere in the back of his mind, he's <laughs> yeah. that conversation. Maybe but if I would have, but you always You could want. still be just super, you, you know, you're excited that you're out there, that you that you were handed this 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 great opportunity with the team that was like, you know, ready to go. Um, and your skill set is, is now on display for the league to see. So you're still riding on cloud nine, yes. but somewhere, <laughs> yes. you know what I mean? And hey, if he has, I think it was, a, I'm almost positive it was a two year deal. If he plays this year and keeps this up, they're not going to want to see him become a free agent after two right. years. So they'll, re, they'll extend him and give him a new deal anywhere and it'd be well deserved. The other flip side of this game was the Texans. Deshaun Watson didn't have his best game, but he might have had one of his best plays of the year that went for not because the officials, told him we were trying to protect you. He's scrambling around. Watch this play. So he's in the red zone, scrambling around, trying to avoid, which he usually does, throws a touchdown pass to DeAndre Hopkins, but the officials called this a sack. They said his knee was down. There was a whistle that was blown right about there. The whistle was blown. So the play was whistled dead, even though the official in the end zone called it a touchdown. I think this is just like, this is the unfortunate aspect of being Deshaun Watson. Yeah, you can't. I mean... If you want them to protect quarterbacks, right? I think see that's what I was telling Joe before the show. We were talking about it. Like I don't blame the official. They're trying to protect him from himself, which then I guess the thing would be you got to blow your whistle louder, right? So that everybody knows the play is dead, so the defensive linemen stay off of him. But hey, I never had to deal with that problem. (laughs) I was never running around (laughs) like that. And Deshaun Watson will be right back in the MVP conversation, most likely. You know who has entered the MVP competition? Oh, here we go. One Kirk Cousins, my man. Since everybody wanted to throw him out with the garbage, two games get you in the get you in the MVP. Three, Danny. Three. Three. So three games. Three games in a row. He's never won four straight. Not yet, but there's always a first for everything. But he has been on fire. So he started off okay, but that was to me that was a lot part of the game plan. Like they were so conservative. I thought teams grabbed onto that really quickly and like, no, you guys are going to try to run the football, and they didn't adjust. Until the players started calling out the coaches saying, no, we need to start throwing the football more. 
since they've opened up the offense, they've been on fire. I can't. I'm not mad at Kirk Cousins. Like, I call a spade a spade, man. He's playing fantastic. And you know, again, that's it coaches. If he could do it, if he could do this, and you guys had the weaponry around him to do this, like I don't understand why it took you so long to get to this point. Um, the question for me about Kirk, as it is probably for a lot of people, is what happens in the game. Like he's won, just, right. he's just won. But three, I would say he's won past, three the games. The Eagles are pretty good. Like the Eagles, he beat. Uh, who did he beat yesterday? I forget who it was. Detroit. The Lions. Detroit's a good. Nah, team. Like not, these are no. good teams. They're games. They're not the games, right? They're not like, prime time. And they're not. They're not like these are just. Seven, yeah. These are dog Sunday days night, of the Monday NFL night. season games, right? True. Oh, oh, give me like signature wins, and I'm not taking anything away from no, what he's you're doing right. right now. You are right, but that's the next hurdle for him. Like you are right, a signature win. You are you're 100 right. I was just defending my guy, yeah. because he's my guy. But you are right. He's got to do this in a meaningful game against Aaron Rodgers, right? Uh, you know, against somebody in prime time where you're playing on a national stage and you need a big win. Maybe you're an underdog by two points, and your play needs to raise everybody yep. else. That's the game he needs to have. The thing where I get frustrated, I think I've told you this before. For guys like him, Dak Prescott, um, even Russell Wilson to some extent, when you're not a first top 10 pick in the, the draft, you have to prove it to everybody so much longer and so much, you have to do so much more to get people to buy into you. It drives me nuts. You I, know, like, and Dak's yeah. a perfect, like, if you look at Dak Prescott's numbers compared to a lot of first rounders, they're better, but he's yet people still question him. Every time there's a bad game, it's, uh, should they pay him? Right. No one has, Jared Goff. Look at his numbers. They weren't that great. Carson Wentz, his numbers weren't that They were 1-2, so it's like, oh, yeah, we can pay them. Undraft, I always said about the NBA. I, I, like, I don't – the rounds in the NFL are what they are. They're similar, though. Listen, first-round players and and undrafted or second-round players. The undrafted or second-round player had to prove to someone like over and over and over again that he could do it. Yep. A first-round talent – had to prove to someone that he couldn't do it. Right. Because they were going to keep throwing the deal, keep throwing an extension until he, without question, showed you, okay, he just cannot do it. Right. And it's just the opposite for someone that comes in either undrafted or in the second round in the NBA. And what's, what drove me nuts about it was in Washington, his own team was like, nah, we're going to do one more franchise tag. Yeah. <laughs> nah, we'll do one more franchise. Until finally they couldn't afford it anymore, so he bounced but and I got th- this money. I, you say this all the time, and I, from his perspective, like if I'm in his camp, yeah. I know it not, might not feel great for him. Right. It didn't feel great for me either. Yeah. But if I'm someone close to him, I'm like, look, I want him in that space. Yeah. Like I want him in that, like me against the world. They don't think I'm good enough, like motivated chip on my shoulder space because I think that's when you get the best Kirk Cousins. Yeah, like, you might be onto something I mean? because when you – and when he was doing the you like that, it was – it was at his He was sticking GM. it to his team, yeah. Yeah, it was at his GM Correct. saying, how do you like that? After he has like this awful start to the season, everybody's trashing him. Mm-hmm. I still don't think Thielen was calling him out. I think he was calling – but he was – I'm sure he felt some of that. Sure. He was like, all right, let me, so maybe he does need that back in. So we'll see because, you know, I was putting it on social media. Everybody's like, oh, this is only two in a row, three in a row. Let's see what he does. And he's – He's admitted he has to play better to change the narrative around him to truly be considered a top quarterback in the league. But he is starting to creep up in some hey, MVP conversations. You, you, you keep performing like this, he will. You, you, start putting five, you start putting five <laughs> to six weeks together when we talk. Yeah, yes, we are. Exactly. And all you can do is, like, you talk about it, and then all you can do is go out there and do it. Exactly. Right? And, and that's, what he's, that. that's what he's doing. Yep. Welcome back to Canel and Bell. I was at a birthday party last night for my nephew, Ben, mm-hmm. who you know, and he had one of his buddies over there. They're all, like, 17 yeah. in high school. We do our shoe showdown. One of the kids has a little side hustle. 
He's on StockX, really? like buying and selling shoes. He apparently he's made a lot of money okay. doing it. It's like he's probably buying. I'm, I'm the one giving him all the profits. I need him profits. to throw all my Travis Scotts for me. I tried to oh, put yeah? him on StockX, like, oh, and I. Oh, you need like verify yeah, and all I that. Figure it out. He oh. said he tried to get those sixes with the new ones, and he, he said he couldn't get them, so he'd probably take them himself. Holla at me. Give him a little I, cut. I got ten and a half. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Good stuff. Um, Tom Brady is upset. What is the latest reason? Well, he was in. Uh, he made a cameo appearance in a new Netflix show. The stars Paul Rudd. It's pretty uh, funny. It's kind of a weird show, but the scene that he um, is in seems awfully familiar. Eerily, eerily familiar of him walking out of a spa, a day spa. Uh, it's in a strip mall. Uh, it has um, Asian writing on the wall. Yeah, and he happy comes time out of there. Happy time day spa. Yeah, and it's you know it's a funny kind of joke. Everybody, so the video went viral Friday, I think it was. Start everybody's like, oh, I can't believe you know he would do this, and this is hilarious. They thought yeah. it was funny, but yeah. they're like, man, shots fired at your boss and all this stuff. So Tom Brady was not happy that people would ever dare assume just for a split second that he would throw shade at his owner mm -hmm. listen to the heated response from tom brady that's not that what that was about i think that was a take out of context just like you're taking out of context and trying to make it a story for yourself which is has a negative connotation to it which i don't appreciate um it was meant to be something different than that um, so the fact that it's a distraction or you're bringing it up is uh, not something I want to be talking about. So I think it's this type of media atmosphere that you know you create. Uh, you know the blame and shame media atmosphere that's kind of percolated for a while. I think there's a lot of things that are said that are taken out of context that you know, choose to make a headline of, as opposed to understand what it's actually about. Have you seen it? I have, I've seen this, I understand the background of it, and you said, I understand the context, yes I have. You said it. The and that's what it was about. No, I know that it wasn't. Okay, so it wasn't about that, except you want to try to use something and use it as, you know, to take it out of context. Is that what you choose to do but when in the media? Did, when did you shoot it? Could you not that's know? That's what we do try to do. Alright, so Brady. Interesting. I have not seen that face. I didn't see him that trying to describe like the look he was on annoyed. his face but he wasn't even like that in deflategate no i know he like was... when the balls were being deflated he wasn't even that was a weird tom brady that you haven't seen maybe it was de defensively annoyed oh my gosh was yes. it defensive yeah who i go back and i think of other people that i've seen defensive and usually they're kind of guilty I know. like that's what i was kind of <laughs> getting at i just seemed to me he was a right. little bit over the top um if you haven't seen the video uh the netflix special it's totally a shot at craft. It totally is. Now, maybe you could argue he wasn't going to be aware it was going to be shot a certain way. He claims it was shot in front of a green screen. So maybe he wasn't aware they were going to put the name of happy day spa and these types of things in there, but you knew where you're coming out of a building and you knew like he had this face on him. Maybe the script that he saw was different and he's right in the show. It's not a happy ending type of day spa. It yeah. is this weird, like, and it's a weird show where you like totally rejuvenate your whole body and you get like redone. So right. I, maybe that's what he's so defensive at, but you can't deny the similarities out there. Uh, yeah. The, again, you're really uh, similar. I, I, what I hope happened is that he didn't read the entire script. Like, you know, he was going in to kind of do this part. It was explained to him green screen and, and the like. And then when he saw it, 
he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. This probably ain't a good look. Because Tom Brady's not stupid. Right. Right? No. So he's like, yo, this isn't a good look. He's talked to his people. And then the Netflix show was like, hey, my man, it is what it is. Like, it's, it's, and then all you can do at that point is pray that it doesn't catch on like wildfire. And then here we are, right? I can't believe that Tom Brady signed off on knowing exactly what that was going to look like post production and, and, and be like, yeah, I have stamp of approval from TB12, uh, brand. I think, Dan, you can't believe that. No, no, no. I don't believe it at all. Right. I'm trying to think of where, why, why he's so upset now. The only thing is Robert Kraft was upset. Of course he was. And, and he got a word. And that's his guy. And Robert Kraft is seen as the really cool owner. Like he wears the Air Force One. Right. And he goes and helps out, uh, Meek Mill and gets him out of jail. Like he's this really cool guy. I think Brady maybe thought, oh, he was going to be cool with it. And then Robert Kraft was like, but then, no, then this you're saying cool. I think Brady knew, like, Brady I do. knew going in what he was I think doing. He did. I think he did. I don't give a You don't? Bro, you don't bite the hand if he's, what are you doing? All right. So here's where I, but I think he thought he was the cool owner. Like, like I'm not going to get joke. on port is my boss. Right. Like, I'm not going to get on, I'm not going to get on. I would neither. In port. I would neither, but he's the goat and he probably, and he has a, he has a great relationship with him. I mean, remember the, the whole deal last year where there was the three headed monster and it was Kraft and it was Belichick and Brady. Yeah. Brady kind of won out with that one. Like in the end, you know, like he was. Belichick was the one who didn't wasn't real thrilled right. with everything the way it went down. Oh. Um, I think you know who trumps the goat? Who the owner of the goat? <laughs> that is true. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think he thought it was gonna be that it was gonna upset him that much, and that's why okay. he's so mad. He yeah. has, it almost looked like that face is like an acting face. Like hot. He's hot. That boy was hot. He was hot for sure, without question. He was hot, and it's gonna be interesting to see if there's any other fallout. I don't think there will be. It kind of things go away in today's society. He got super defensive mm-hmm. in that spot, and I mean, just say it wasn't that big of a deal. He's always played for less than he's owed. Mm-hmm. I've always believed there's some sort of backroom deal down the road, Ooh. and that's why I think he's so defensive. Is that oh. deal's in jeopardy? If you can, then, you're gonna go out there. That's what I'm like. You, what were you thinking? And you're confirming my thoughts that he would <laughs> never do that. Kinda, if you got a, kind of, go ahead. Kind of struck me as he was actually embarrassed, and like when someone gets embarrassed that they got caught. And instead of admitting that they got caught, yes. they uh, they they get real defensive. I, yeah. I don't think he actually. I don't think he knew. I actually agree with Raja. I don't think he knew. I think he was embarrassed that he got caught messing up because he's perfect Tom Brady and he doesn't mess things up. And then when people were going at him about it, he got defensive. Slight miscalculation. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> Either way. It was really bad. And I like the dude because I don't know if Tom Brady had seen the video yet. Right. Because the guy, he's like, did you see the video? And the guy's like, yeah, I watched My it. Man, I ain't going to be asking you these questions <laughs> if I have not watched the exactly. video. Like, I, I think Tom Brady had to have been aware he was going to get a lot of questions about it. Right. I probably would have been a little bit prepared with a different answer or Boy, something because it, it didn't look that they good. They caught him off guard. Um, last thing, did you see the Sooner Schooner tip over? I on did the field? see that. How crazy over. was that? Did anybody get hurt? No. So, thankfully, we can kind of laugh at yeah. this. Everybody, they put out a statement. Oklahoma did, said everybody's fine. But they do this after every touchdown pass. They have to reevaluate the path that they take because they're yeah. taking like this hairpin turn. Yeah, too narrow for that and, wheelbase. I mean, it was yeah. gone. Oh, I I'm thought the girl was going to be concussed or something. They said everybody's fine. The horses are okay. Both the two people that were in the schooner that actually flipped over, that was a scary moment. Like, it was really scary. And that is like not a cardboard like, no. wagon. That thing no, is that's full. made. Thankfully, it like... It fell on its side. It didn't fall on top of either girl, uh, the girl or the guy that was driving it. But you got to take the long, slow loop from now on. Yeah, real and I'm like keep it because I love traditions. I don't. I'm not going to overreact. Say they need to stop doing this. Love it when they come out in the field when the team takes the field, like leading the way. They go mm-hmm. all the way across. But after a touchdown, maybe just kind of just loop it around, yeah, maybe a longer lap or something. I don't know. They got to reevaluate <laughs> that one. 
Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Much more in the NFL we got to get to, and we'll be reacting to Monday Night Football and our NBA preview tomorrow on Canel and Bell. We'll see you tomorrow. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.